make history. Back-to-back -back hat tricks for the United States. Yes! Five and underway here on ESPN Plus on a Sunday night alongside Hercules Gomez. I'm Sebi Salazar for episode 263 of this fine program, the one where the United States and Mexico wrap up group phase play in the Gold Cup. I'm in Bristol, Connecticut. Herc is in Santa Clara, California. What's the vibe like out there? It's uh, a little tense right now. <laughs> the Mexico game just ended, Seb. It's good to talk to you. And there mm -hmm. are fans literally within a uh, arm's distance right now. Mm -hmm. So anything can happen. Uh, they're not all too happy. There was 70,000 no. plus here in mm. Santa Clara, California. It was hot. And these uh, fans were here since yep. like probably 10 in the morning. I'm across, I'm across the way, the hotel across the way. And, and it's been a party all day. So uh, fans are a little, it's a little tense right now. Okay. All right, it's live television, but hopefully if the Mexico fans are upset at anybody, you're pretty far down the pecking order. There's a, there's a few guys uh, on the Mexico team and maybe on the coaching staff that they could be uh, upset about as well. So we got plenty to cover in this show. Of course, we are going to be talking about Mexico and Qatar, the game that just wrapped up, as well as the uh, United States in action against Trinidad. Our series of interviews with U.S. women's national team stars will continue. We're going to hear from Megan Rapinoe in this show. And then we got a good, bad, and ugly combo edition, Major League Soccer and Liga Mekis, both having big weekends. But let's start with the United States wrapping up their group phase in the Gold Cup against Trinidad and Tobago. And you think it's hot out there in Santa Clara? It was hot in Charlotte today, Herc. How about that? Temperatures nearing 100 degrees. 14 minutes in, Dewan Jones into the penalty area, slips it across. Jesus Ferreira, the first of the night. Yeah, it's, it's not a... Smooth first touch. Watch this right here. Christian roll down to the outside. Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones does very good. Keeps the play going. This touch pops off on him, but it's a very good finish, and he puts it away. Pereira would do the same in the 38th minute. Not on the first effort, but the second, finishing off the cross from Alejandro Sendejas. Yeah, stays with the play. Shows a willingness, just that killer instinct to keep it going, keep the play alive. First cross in doesn't go well for him. Second, that bite of the apple does. So Jordi Mihailovic involved in that play, involved here. First half stoppage time into the box. He's taken down for a penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy call for the referee, Jordi Mihailovic. He's okay, but they're going to the spot, and Jesus Ferreira, he'll handle that. Jesus Ferreira given the honors, and before the half was up, Jesus Ferreira with another hat-trick. U.S. well in command, up 3-0. Trinidad and Tobago making things worse on themselves in the 65th minute. Cade Cowell off the bench and onto the score sheet, dropping everybody hurt. Yeah, Trinidad doesn't need to help the U.S. Uh, they were doing a good job by themselves. That's a gift right there, but this is a good cutback right here. And then watch this, whoop, whoop, and it just puts it away. He'll take that one. U.S. in cruise control in the 79th minute. Julian Gressel slides it across. Gianluca Busio, five nothing hurt. Yeah, Gianluca Busio right here. As Julian Gressel comes on and Early on, good cutback right there, and Buzio, he'll handle the rest. Very easy goal for him. Brandon Vasquez with a late goal against Jamaica and a late one here as the U.S. wins by a final score of 6-0 in Charlotte. Let's get some more 
post-game reaction from the Queen City. Yeah, I think, you know, I think all forwards are going to be judged by the goals that they score um, first and foremost. And when I see his movement and his confidence in the penalty box, you can tell that the game has slowed down for him. Uh, and he's just placing balls into the back of net, and and that's a positive sign. Um, and it and it lets us all know that he's that he's focused and, and committed to being our being a goal scorer for us. But additionally, um, all of the work that he's doing, uh, you know, leading our line defensively, dropping down and helping build up play, um, he's you know for me he's having a really complete uh, tournament so far, and. You know, we're going to continue to uh, get him better. Uh, we're going to continue to get the group better. Um, and, you know, as we now approach the, approach the knockout stages. History made tonight then. Jesus Ferreira joining Landon Donovan. as the only U.S. men with multiple international hat tricks. The only U.S. player ever with back-to-back -back hat tricks. And he's into the top six all-time U.S. goal scorers at the Gold Cup. All right, Herc, we got another U.S. game, another U.S. win, and another Jesus Ferreira hat-trick. What do you make of it? Listen, man, Jesus Ferreira is taking care of what he could take care of, which is our, his performances. Uh, I know everybody likes to give him a hard time about who he plays against and who he scores, but the only context goal scorers need are goals. That's the only way to defend yourself is to score goals if you're a forward. I don't necessarily think he's a nine per se, but he's a very dangerous player. He's a very good player. And every time he's on the field, at least recently, he shows you why he's that player. Now, here's the thing with Jesus Ferreira, excuse me, that you have to realize. There's a lot of Jesus Ferreira hatred going on. It has nothing to do with him playing in Major League Soccer. This is all attributed to Greg Berhalter. People aren't fond of Greg Berhalter, and they think he's one of Greg Berhalter's boys. That's where the hatred comes mm. from. Not mm. that Jesus Ferreira isn't a good player. Not that Jesus Ferreira isn't a good goal scorer. Not even that Jesus Ferreira, Jesus Ferreira excuse me, scores against these teams that are majority Caribbean teams. It's that it's Greg Berhalter. But Jesus Ferreira is a very good player, and he's proving it. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, uh, the pirate of the Caribbean nickname that I think kind of started on USMNT Twitter has now seemed to move to the broadcast world, Herc. What's interesting about that is that while it's catchy and it's fun, I don't necessarily think it's like a pat on the back, right? If we're going to label Jesus Ferreira as the Pirate of the Caribbean, what we're really saying is that he can, he can only score the goals uh, against those teams. I also noticed in this game that his celebrations were a little bit muted. I don't know if, if that's always been the case with him uh, or if that's a reaction to maybe everything that's, that's going on around him. One thing you have to note about this guy is that he's scoring at will, not just with the that's national team. That's an anime team. celebration. Ah, Dragon Ball Z, right? Anime you know all about that. Yeah, you know all about that. Uh, he's also scoring it at, at well, club level. Don't Herc. say it's muted if you know it. Well, but, but the other ones, like, you know, he's not really celebrating. Also, I think when you're, when you're dropping hat tricks uh, twice in the same week, you, you kind of get accustomed to it. Uh, no, but my question here is, what would a European move do for Jesus Ferreira, Herc? Because I don't think he's going to prove in these competitions, even scoring three, four goals a game, he's not going to convince people of what he can do. I don't even think going back to Dallas, because he's now done it at Dallas for a year and a half, I don't think that's going to convince it. If we talk about guys dominating How at their level, he? and then and being ready to move, 22, is that right? Jesus Ferreira, 22? 20, he's 22 um, years old. This is insane to me. Like, the conversation around this kid is insane to me. People want but he's got to go to Europe. He's got to go to Europe for people to really view him in a different light. I think he's got to go to Europe, and I think what we're seeing now is that he's clearly ready for it. Well, I think he's ready for it. I mean, listen, you've heard me say before that I think he's going to score in a top 10 league in the world, 10 goals, 10 assists. He's going to be one of those first-time players, an Amer American player, to go to Europe and have 10 goals, 10-plus 10 goals, 10-plus assists. I think he's that type of player. I don't think he's a 9. 
I think is a very dangerous player. And I'm loving the thick skin that he's growing. Mm. I'm loving his new attitude, that little chip on his shoulder. Listen, a quick story. You and I were, where was this, New York? Um, Brooklyn, New York, when the U.S. Mm -hmm. men's national roster was announced for the World Cup. And Pilar Perez, our colleague at ESPN Deportes, pulled him aside in an interview. She actually was the first one to break the news to him that it was he that was going to the World Cup and not Ricardo Pepe. I recall seeing his reaction. He was sad because his friend Ricardo Pepe wasn't going to the World Cup. Like, that was his initial reaction. This is a good kid right now who's coming into his own as a person. Under the limelight, people don't really know what this is, what this is like. You could say what you want, but that goal-scoring record, there are hundreds of American players that would take that. Is he ready for Europe? Absolutely he's ready for Europe. The level of Europe, that remains to be seen. The position I'm not too fond of, but I mean, what can I say if he keeps scoring goals? He's shutting me up, he's shutting everybody up, hopefully he continues it. Yeah. Uh, two changes, I think, from the team that we saw on Wednesday. Other, any other big takeaways from this game for you from kind of a global level? I know. Uh, Trinidad didn't really have that many chances, but they had one shot off the post that beat Matt Turner and maybe a couple counterattacks in that first half. U.S. hasn't really been tested defensively all that much outside of the Jamaica game in the group phase. Herc, you got any concerns about this, this back line moving forward as the competition improves? I mean, there are always concerns because even in this game you had a few Miazga, you know, mistakes. You had a Jalen Neal a mistake at center field where he let his forward turn on him. So there's always going to be those questions, but I think it comes with the territory. These players have never played together. Some of these players like Jalen Neal have only been playing at this level for a handful of games, if that. So it'll come with that territory. I take this away from this from this game specifically. Uh, you're, you're qualified if you're the U.S. men's national pretty much, but you want to go in number one. Mm -hmm. You want mm -hmm. to avoid Mexico. So B.J. Callahan puts what he thinks is a mixture of his strongest lineup. Listen, there is no going around that Jesus Ferreira played again, that he started another game, that Sendejas started another game, that Matt Turner started another game. He tried going with his strongest lineup for this one. Yeah, this would have been the place to rotate, you figure, but of course, with the goal being make it first, don't finish second, avoid that showdown with Mexico in the semifinals. The U.S. Uh, able to do that and, and get some rotation in. They got, they got Miles Robinson in the game. He comes off at half, but uh, it sounds like that was planned, kind of managing Miles Robinson's minutes as he comes back from injury. Let's talk about some of the individual performances, Herc. Let's do a little stock up, stock down. And let's start with Alejandro Zendejas, the guy who's gotten a lot of run here on Football Americas. You giving him a stock up or a stock down? This is a stock down for Alejandro Sendejas because of what we know Alejandro Sendejas is, who we know he is, what he can do at the club level and the hype he had going around him heading into this U.S. Men's National Team. Now, I've said to you many times, I don't think he's a U.S. Men's National Team winger. I said that to you. And here we are today talking about his performance. I think he's an eight at this level. For whatever reason, B.J. Callahan, Greg Perhalter, and the people at U.S. Soccer see him as a winger at the international level. I think he's better suited centrally. He shifts centrally anyways. I think he's better suited coming from the midfield on to attack, helping create. At times, he's so in his own head trying to do something trying to say like trying to reward the fans for believing in him trying to reward u.s soccer for believing in him that he gets in his own way he tries too much he doesn't let the game come to him and these things happen i think he's a very good player i don't think he's a winger at this level i think his best position here is as an eight so while it may be stocked down i still have high hopes for alejandro sendejas moving forward i just never saw him as a winger here. 
What is clear here, Herc, is that they want to give him an opportunity, right? Three straight starts at that position in the Gold Cup. What's not so clear is what he's doing with that opportunity. I think the, the bar for a stock up in the Gold Cup has to be very high. One, because of the competition you're playing, right? Alejandro Zendejas, based on where he plays at club, is better than the guys that he's going against here at the Gold Cup. So he needs to be impactful. The other reason he needs to be impactful, whether you're thinking of him as an eight or whether you're thinking of him as a winger, is he's got a lot of guys to chop through to get, forget about starting minutes, but any minutes with the A team. I mean, I think we have to say, yeah. if you're not dominating at this level, you ain't moving anybody off that A team. And I expected a guy who every time, at least last season when he was healthy with America, he would be dangerous to be much more dangerous than he's been in this tournament. The other thing, Herc, that I really have been surprised by with Zendejas in this tournament is the physicality. I don't see him getting bullied in Liga Mekis. A couple times in this tournament already, I've seen him lose physical battles. And that is something that goes very much against the DNA of this American team. He's not going to fit in well if he loses those physical battles like he did tonight. Yeah, one thing that I, I will say in his defense, I guess, if I have to defend him here, is uh, he's one of those guys put behind the Napal because everybody's coming off the end of their season and going directly into this tournament. Well, he ended his season in humility and fashion, what America did against Chivas, uh, and that was it. So it's been a while. And while most of these players, on the, I would use his Mexican counterparts, have an actual camp where it's about two, three weeks, this guy's training by himself and they get thrown into an actual U.S. Men's National Camp. So it's a little difficult for him to actually react there. He's kind of behind the eight ball physically. Yep. Uh, 61 minutes tonight for Alejandro Zendejas. Cade Cowell got the, uh, the last 30 minutes of the second half and probably more dangerous in that half hour than Zendejas was in his hour on the field. Let's go to our... Next, well, I don't want to say victim. It might be a stuck up. Our next player to evaluate tonight, Gianluca Buzio getting a start in midfield. Stock up or stock down, her? Stock up, and I was very surprised you wanted to give him a stock down. This one to me was a shocker that you wanted to give him a stock down. The man had a team high 96 touches, high 80s in the percentile of passes completed, scores a goal, ends up scoring in his home state and you want to give him a stock down here i thought he was good and you want to give him a stock down yeah well i mean again i think the bar for a stock high just has to be it has to be very high at this level right again because of the competition and the competition you've got it at the gold cup level in your own roster high? yeah and 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 look yes the competition within the roster for the u.s team is very high the competition in the gold cup is very low so you got to be dominant Herc, and he's not dominant and this is a guy who generally when i look at the trajectory of his career i start to worry because a year ago he was a legit outside bubble candidate for the world cup team and two months ago, he's not starting at Venezia, that is a middle-of-the-table team in Serie B. I know he gets the goal, and we can fall in love with the goal and the storyline that it's his home stadium. But again, for, for what I saw for most of the game until the goal, the ball gets to his feet, it's slow. It looks like a player who's out of confidence. It doesn't look like the Busio from 12 months ago, 18 months ago. And Herc, if we're comparing him to the other midfielder that played tonight, Georgi Mihailovic, I mean, it's not even close. I think both those guys could miss out on the next World Cup. That's how good the midfield is. But if you're only taking one, it's Mihailovic way ahead of Busio for me. Oh, not tonight. Not tonight. It wasn't Mihailovic oh, tonight. On. It was Mihailovic Busio tonight. Sweet through ball on Zendejas. 
When Zendejas puts it across for Ferreira's second goal. Did you see the ball that Mihailovic lost that almost led to a clear-cut opportunity for You didn't see that one? Here, it wasn't tonight, but I am with you on Buzio. I am a little concerned. The international level, maybe not tonight because I thought he was decent tonight, but the international level, he's a half-step slow. And he's mm -hmm. not as dynamic uh, as we might have thought. That worries me. And I do agree with you what you're saying about his club situation. Yeah, yeah, not good there. I mean, there was a time when a guy who was getting men since Serie B wouldn't have been that far from the U.S. men's national team. But that was like 10 or 15, 20 years ago. A, a guy at that level now that's not playing consistently at that level now can't really be considered for the A team uh, of the United States. Certainly not with the talent that we got elsewhere in Europe. Last of the stock oh, up, stock down. That's your problem, Seb. You're, you're considering him for the A team. I, I'm, try, I, I'm talking about an actual Gold Cup. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's give a stock up, stock down to the man in charge, BJ Callahan. Stock way up at the Nations League. How do we feel about him after the group phase here at the Gold Cup? Stock up. I thought he pressed the right buttons once again. I thought it was a good mixture of players. I thought the substitutions were timely. He continues to motivate and keep the players engaged. It would have been very easy in this game just to win. It would have been very easy in this game just to go through. He didn't. He knew there was a task at hand. He knew you had to score as many goals as humanly possible. You wanted to come in first place in the group. Even though this is a B team, they're treating it as an A team effort. They want to go in the same way the A team will go into the next round. So I give DJ Callahan a stock up. What do we learn about his style? Because I think when you look back at the Nations League, Herc, it was pretty obvious what you had to do. The team kind of made itself. The team played very well against Mexico. You repeated against Canada what you could, except for the two suspensions. Uh, and there wasn't really too much choice. What have we learned about his style now that he's working with guys that he's never really worked with before, certainly not at this level, and he's getting something out of them? Because it does, it does feel very different, not just from a personnel standpoint, but from a style standpoint, I would say, to what we saw even just a week ago at the Nations League. Yeah, I don't know how much stock I want to put into that, if I'm being honest. I don't really know how involved or not Greg Berhalter is, how much input or not. Greg Berhalter has with B.J. Callahan this group. I think B.J. Callahan has been more than acceptable. He's been admirable in this position. But we're at the point now where this is Greg Berhalter's team. It'd be very naive of us to think that Greg Berhalter wouldn't have a say in what's going on or some sort of input. So how much stock you want to put into that, that's on you. I don't, I'm not sure I'm buying all of that. Yeah. It was never going to be easy to win this group with, with a B team and Jamaica that first game. Maybe they were lucky. Maybe Matt Turner makes a big save. If they lose that, they're probably not finishing first. But he got the result there, and then they racked up the goals. They did everything they needed to. So, you know, credit to B.J. Callahan. We'll give him a, another stock up here on Football Americas to the interim to the interim manager now in charge of the U.S. men's national team. All right, let's check in on the... Uh, on what else happened in Group A. Of course, uh, Jamaica playing St. Kitts and Nevis in the other game. These two uh, teams kind of watching each other throughout the day. Jamaica, 30th minute. A little bit lucky here. Kahim Paris with the shot and it trundles over the line, Herc. Yeah, it's on the goalkeeper right there. It's not even dangerous. He puts in his own net, it's 1-0. How about this from Leon Bailey? A little trickeration. Jonathan Russell slams it home. 2-0 Jamaica. Yeah, it was getting kind of difficult in the first half, and out of nowhere, it's a good strike, and it's 2-0, and they're back in this. Into the second half, still 2-0. Let's make it three. Daniel Johnson, then Deshaun Bernard with the finish. Yeah, it's Bernard with the finish, but it's the likes of Mikel Antonio, Leon Bailey that weren't really involved too much in the first half. 
72nd minute will make it 4-0. Daniel Johnson, the rebound there off the Corey Burke shot. And then Corey Burke going for La Manita. Herc 5-0 Jamaica as they roll easily over St. Kitts and Nevis. Corey Burke putting the finishing touches on the big win for Jamaica, one that puts them second in the group. So U.S. and Jamaica then will advance Trinidad and Tobago, St. Kitts and Nevis out of the 2000 and 23 Gold Cup. All right, so of course, uh, Mexico, Qatar just wrapping up. Let's take a look at the uh, final match stats here. Qatar, one nothing. Winners, Mexico, 24 shots to just the one for Qatar. Expected goals, 2.28. Possession, 76%. But in the end, a big, fat, hairy L for Mexico as they uh, finish Gold Cup group play with a defeat against Qatar. All right, for more on this, uh, let's welcome into the show Mauricio Pedrosa, who joins uh, Herc out in Santa Clara. All right, Mau, uh, I guess I'll start with you because you hustled over just to join us from, from watching the last few desperate minutes of stoppage time. What's your, what's your takeaway from Mexico's defeat here against Qatar? And how would you like that? Just as we uh, went to the boys out in Santa Clara, have a little bit of technical issues. As soon as we can, we will rejoin Mauricio Pedrosa and Hercules Gomez. They're out there, of course, in the immediate aftermath of Mexico's 1-0 loss to Qatar. It's a defeat that won't keep Mexico out of the Gold Cup knockout rounds. In fact, it uh, won't even keep them from winning Group B. But uh, in the end, it's still a very disappointing defeat as Mexico falls uh, to Qatar. All right, uh, while we wait for Mao and Herc to get back, let's remind you that the ESPYs are coming up. Of course, you can watch live July 12th, 8 Eastern, not on ESPN, on ABC. And if you want to vote now, check out ESPN.com or the QR code there on your screen. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Megan, great to have you with us. Yeah. Fourth World Cup, how does it feel? Kind of surreal, to be honest. Um, they're all like so special in their own right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm like, I feel like it's, I don't think I was as excited in the lead up as I've been, you know, for prior ones. But now that it's here, I'm like, oh my God, we're going, we're going to the World Cup again. Like it's here again. Your last World Cup went pretty well. I don't think there's much you could have asked for more, <laughs> no. right? You've achieved everything in your career. Why, why come back? Why, why was this one important? Um, I feel like I still have so much to give. Um, uh, there's a Steph Curry quote, which I love so much, is um, nothing left to prove, everything left to accomplish. Um, you can win another World Cup, you can play in another World Cup. Um, it feels long when you're in it, in your career, um, because it takes everything every year to, to really like maximize it, but really like it's so short in your life. So just to be able to continue to play, I still feel like I have so much to offer and can be really impactful in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, going after another World Cup, I mean, why not? After the last World Cup, obviously there's a year of COVID, but there's not really a, an opportunity to say, I'm going to retire, right? The, the next major tournament is, is right on your doorstep. It would mm -hmm. have been a year later. After the Olympics, though, there, there is an opportunity. There is a space. What were you thinking at that time? Was it always I'm coming back? No, I thought so much. Like, <laughs> this is hard. <laughs> this is so tiring. Uh, it still is tiring. Um, but it just never, it never, like, felt that way. It, it never, I was tired and like exhausted in a different kind of way. I think from like, I mean, certainly 2019, but it's like, just even think about what the team had to fight for those years leading up to that World Cup, obviously the World Cup, um, how my life dramatically changed after that, uh, like in an instant, um, the COVID year and the Olympics and everything. It just never felt like I was done. Like I needed time, but it never felt like I was done. So I feel like I'm still, able to do all right on the field and uh, express myself the way that I want to and play at a really high level and why not keep going if, if I can. You snap your fingers to say, you know, life changed. I'm curious how and how that impacted the, the footballer, the soccer player. I think it became really difficult to balance everything. Um, it was amazing because there were so many more opportunities, um, you know, especially financially to make more money and like secure my future forever, really. Um, but with that, like you only have so much bandwidth. There's only one person. Here. I wish there was two of me. I wish I could have a commercial Megan and a you know public Megan and a soccer Megan. But uh, there's only one of me. So I'm not gonna like. It, it was frustrating in a lot of ways because I wish I could just make that playing soccer. But we weren't making that. Um, so to feel like I had to take it, take advantage of this opportunity took away from what I was able to give on the field and took away from my game and took away from the commitment that I could make. So that part was really difficult. I feel like I settled into that and found the right balance. Um, but that, that, that took a long time and that was honestly really frustrating. It was a lot of the conversations I was having with myself and, you know, Sue and people around me, like, do I want to do this anymore? Can I even do this anymore? Like, I want to make sure that I maximize this opportunity, but also I still love playing and they're a little bit at odds with each other right now. We keep coming up against the issue of money, of pay. This will be vastly different. You have the equal pay that yeah. 2019 people were screaming for in the stands. How does that change this team at this tournament and really the build up to it? 
yeah, I was way less busy <laughs> this, this buildup. Um, you know, certainly been able to make the money that we are, but also just for the last few years, being able to do that and, and be financially secure, uh, I think is really important. Like, of course, I love the game, but, you know, it doesn't, like, pay the bills all the time. Um, now it does, and, and then some. So I think to have those off-field opportunities actually be a choice mm. and not something that you feel like you have to do because it'd just be like absurd not to. Um, I think that's like the the freedom in it. So there's like so much that I've said no to. I could have been way busier leading up to this World Cup. I'm just like, I don't need it. I want to focus on soccer, focus on the main thing and try to go after another World Cup. I remember maybe 18 months ago or something having a conversation with Vlad Goyanovsky and he was talking about you specifically. And he held on to the, I guess, phone conversations or Zoom conversations that, that you guys had had about whether you were going to come back or not. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like you convinced him there or, or something that happened in those phone conversations. What do you remember about those chats? I think just being really honest with him about where I was and what I wanted to accomplish and what I felt like I could give. Um, I feel like I'll be the first one to say I'm, I'm not going to be a starter. I'm not going to be playing, you know, five of the seven games. I'm not going to be playing seven games. I'm not going to be playing all those minutes. Like, I just can't do that anymore. And I think kind of like freeing that up and just be like, this is a role that I think I can have. I think I can, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good option for 30 minutes off the bench or to play half or to bring a player like me off the bench as opposed to bringing a young player off the bench with the, you know, not just my talent, but like the experience that I have, I feel like it's something really unique. And so I think just being honest with him of like, I want to do this. I think I can give, you know, so much off the field in terms of my leadership and experience and just being there so many times, just like Kelly and just like Alex and other players that have been there. But then on the field, like you have this option, um, you know, I think I've proven a lot to be a game changer in that way. So I think it was something that he was like, okay, I understand sort of how this can work. And having that like commitment from me, like I'm not going to be mad at him if he doesn't play me, you know, like I get it. Like some games I'm going to be useful and some games I'm not. If we're up to now, like I'm not going in that, <laughs> I'm not going in that game to play defense for 30 minutes. So I think those conversations we're just really honest between us from him and from me. And it was kind of like, okay, this is something that we see as an option. There's a chance for a three-peat here. Everybody's talking about it. There's also the other reality, which is investment in women's football everywhere else in the world. There's a lot of it. And that's impacting the national team. So it's very competitive, probably in a way that we haven't seen a World Cup Mm -hmm. in the past. All of that, how does it impact the expectations that you have ahead of this tournament because I feel like every other tournament we've ever gone to around this team it's always winner bust mm-hmm. I think it's still winner bust really <laughs> yeah I think so um you know the the field is so much deeper the teams are so much better like it's that's exactly what you want to see that's exactly what we want to see this is like what we're we're almost like fighting <laughs> against ourselves in some kind of way uh, the irony of it but I think that's exactly what you want to see. But for us, like the goal is always going to be to win no matter what, uh, whether we're the favorites or, or not. We just happen to be, you know, still the favorites this time. So I think for us, like at least for me, I feel like, yeah, it is going to be a failure if we if we lose. Of course, the journey is important and all that. But like you go to the World Cup to win. We're not going being like, well, I hope we do all right. but We're not expecting to win. Like, no, I want to win every practice game, I want to win every 5v5, I want to win every, you know, drill and training and want to win every game and win the World Cup. Megan Rapinoe, then one of five players on the U.S. Women's National Team in search of their third World Cup title.
take a look at some of her stats with O.L. Reign so far this season. We have reestablished comms with our good friends out in Santa Clara. Good to see you, Herc. Good to see you, Mao. Always, uh, always rough when a three-man show becomes a one-man show here uh, on Football Americas. Let's talk about <laughs> Megan Rapinoe's role at the upcoming uh, World Cup, Herc. We heard her talking about it there. What do you see for Megan uh, down, at, down in Australia and New Zealand? I think it's very simple. I think Megan is very conscious of the role she's going to have here. She's going to be 38 in a few days, July 5th to be exact. She's under no impression uh, that she's going to be playing seven of those games. She's going to be a prime contributor here. Uh, if you look at her season in NWSL, I believe it's 10 games, one goal, four assists. Decent on the assist, not so much on the goal scoring. But if we look at the U.S. women's national team, the last 12 games, it's one goal, two assists. Her production has dropped obviously because of her age, but it's the leadership, it's the counsel, it's knowing that in big games, in big moments, you can count on her and maybe get something special out of her when she's on the field. I think it's an invaluable experience for a player like her to be on this national team. Well, she actually mentioned leadership, experience, and I love when she started saying, listen, I know I'm not going to play every game. I'm not, I know I'm not going to play every minute. And, and we know Megan Rapinoe's career, and we know how she handles herself herself on the field and off the field but yeah. the fact that she's actually coming out publicly before the World Cup and admitting that that is her role that is crucial for a roster that is going to go for the three-peat yeah that selflessness is I mean truly truly invaluable because you know you know a lot of experienced players well I was just gonna mention that I was just gonna mention that we had a situation in the Olympics where Carly Lloyd wasn't too mm. fond of her role mm -hmm. and she was very vocal about it we've gone back in the past with players like Hope Solo when they're benched and not being too fond about it so having a player of that stature with that experience knowing their role and actually embracing it is a huge benefit I'll tell you what Seb later on in those moments crunch time when the game is even and you need a player that can come in, pop their chest, and say, I can be her, yep. I can be that player. I want nobody else besides her there. It's so funny that you mentioned the bit about Carly Lloyd, because when I was sitting across from Megan doing that interview, as soon as she said, I'm cool with my role, I thought, well, that's different from what we heard four years ago from Carly Lloyd. <laughs> so it is interesting. Megan very clearly happy to come off the bench. I don't know that that's the only role she's going to play here, though. I think there will be rotation. And the one thing about Megan Rapino, she's different from all the other players at that position, right? We know Sophia Smith is going to start. Yeah. So the question is, who's the, who's the other wing player? Is it Trinity Rodman? Is it Alyssa Thompson? Is it Lynn Williams? Well, all those three players are known for their speed. That is what they bring. Megan brings something very different. It's service, but it's all types of service, right? It's set-piece yeah. service. She's one of the best crossers, one of the best strikers of the ball, whether she's shooting a, 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 direct, a direct piece on goal, uh, set-piece on goal, or if she's serving up a corner kick. That's what she brings. And I could see a game or two where that could be good for you from the get-go. She, she, she is at the national team level getting 30 minutes a game, maybe coming on more as a sub. If you look at her minutes with O.L. Reign, before the injury that kind of cost her the run-up, she actually was starting some games and playing 90 minutes in some of those games at the NWSL level. So uh, I don't think we should just see her as a super sub here. I think there, there might be a game or two, and even a big game or two, a knockout game or two, where we find Megan Rapinoe in the starting lineup, probably not just starting game after game. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, let's get back to the uh, the game, which just finished, uh, and which we were going to talk about before we, uh, we lost comms out there in Santa Clara. But now we got them back. Mexico and Qatar. We're calling this a highlight, but really it's going to be a low light. Ten minutes in, beautiful ball from Luis <laughs> Chavez. Santiago Jimenez oh, just needed a slightly bigger boot here, Herc. Yeah, but that's the type of ball you want in there from Luis Chavez. Goes across the face of goal, always dangerous. Qatar gets their goal in the 27th minute, and I think, Mao, it's fair to describe this as very much against the run of play. Yeah, but two key moments. Edson Alvarez again misplaying the ball, but Julian Araujo, who got the start, not on time to cover his man, and Mexico goes down 1-0. Qatar in front. Later in the first half, stoppage time. Santiago Jimenez. Again with a chance. Yeah. You, you got to put that across the face of goal. He doesn't. And then right here, you think you got another chance. Yeah, he wants to play it back in goal. It's too tight of an angle. Does the right thing, but nobody there. Jimenez dangerous, but not finishing. Another chance here. For sure he's going to score. No. Saved at the near post. No, that's... That's the kind of chance you got to convert. It happened to Henry Martin on Thursday. Now Santi gets the start, and he missed it. 61st minute, Julian Araujo with a chance. Yeah, not the cleanest of chances. Never really got a hold of it over the bar. 86th minute, Edson off the crossbar. Come on. Yeah, it, it, it became like that. His second time he had a header with a good chance. Hits the crossbar. Unlucky there for Planet Pantlas Beckenbauer. 
everybody on at the end, including Henry Martin. But it's that man, Barsham again, with a big save for Qatar. Yeah, I guess you could say big save. It's it's right at him, you know. It's that, that type of easy. day for no, Jimmy Lozano. I could have saved that. Uh, big save because of the moment, gentlemen. The moment. Stoppage time to uh, to keep Qatar in the lead as they uh, go on to win one nothing. All right, Mal, give it to me straight. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Well, Seb, I'm going to go big picture here and go with the unpopular opinion. I think this is actually good news for the Mexican national team, to be honest. The hype. We've been lucky enough to be a part press conferences, interviewed. We actually had a chance to say hi to Jimmy Lozano yesterday. You hear it from the media. Don't worry about it. That's just the fireworks that couldn't actually go on during the game because Mexico didn't score. Uh, but it, there, was, there was a massive hype around Jimmy Lozano. And I kept telling her and everybody on ESPN and ESPN Deportes, we got to take it easy and I want to oh. see how Jimmy Lozano reacts you were driving the car I was not driving, you were driving, I was not the, Lamborghini. driving the Lamborghini I was not <laughs> driving it and now the Lamborghini is a little dented and I think that's not the worst of news now we have to see how this team bounces back how Jimmy reacts to a defeat everything is sweet when you're winning yeah. now let's see how how he reacts after a defeat hey Seb the people the fans are really really upset because yeah. again this stadium House of Horrors, right? It's bad. It, it's, it's the third straight loss, I believe. The first one was a 7-0 to Chile. The second one was a 3-2. They, they were up 2-0 at halftime against Colombia. It was the send-off series before. Again, don't worry about it. It's fireworks. <laughs> before the World those. Cup. And, and now this. And the problem, I guess, is the fans always show up here. Yeah. It's 70,000 mm. plus on hand to witness this type of display. The fans are upset, and I think for good reason. Though we should say it wasn't the A lineup that Jimmy could have put in. He was giving players opportunities. He was giving players different looks. But even then, you, you could see that Jimmy was thoroughly trying to win this game. I mean, Henry Martin comes on. He played with two nines. Uh, Uriel Antuna, who's sitting on the yellow, comes on. He was out on the, as kind of like a wing back position. He ended up playing with two number nines, yeah. mm -hmm. Antuna, Alvarado, and Diego Lainez. And yeah. yet, yet. And Edson Alvarez was and almost Edson Alvarez and Luis Chavez. <laughs> and yet, the one thing they kept trying on was crosses, crosses, yeah. crosses. We did not see a lot of open play, uh, creating chances through the middle, creating chances and delivering good balls to your two number nines. It, it, it became predictable for Qatar's defense, for Qatar's goalkeeper to try and stop that. I, I don't want to be that harsh on Jimmy Lozano and this team, but no, it just no. comes to prove one more time that it's not always about the manager. It's also about the quality of the roster. Mm, quality, yeah. Six changes, to your point, uh, from the team that started against Haiti, which we know is a, you know, pretty much his, his best team. So a lot of changes. I think you, you accept that maybe with those changes come some struggles. One of the positions that didn't change was Memo Choa. I think we have to highlight that play. Herc, how much of that goal is on Memo Choa? He had a pretty good look at that header. Yeah, I'd say it's an important mistake um, because regardless of the first three mistakes, the Edson Alvarez mistake on the giveaway, the Israel Reyes mistake on not being able to be there and help him and get the one-two going around you, the Julian Araujo mistake of falling asleep at the wheel and just being caught flat-footed and having the Qatari player dunk on you, that's a mistake. All that can be remedied if Memo saves it because it's its definitely in his wheelhouse. It's in his... I mean. For a second there, when I didn't see the angle, I was like, oh, he did it again, just like Neymar versus mm. Brazil in the World Cup. And then you see the goal that was given up, and you're like, whoa, 
that's a memo Choa save that he makes over and over and over again that you would expect from a player of his caliber. And I would, I would go back and ask this question. Why did he start? Why mm. did he start? It wasn't necessary, wasn't, right? wasn't this like the right opportunity for us do to you see? Want to know what, do you want me to tell you? Or is that a Well, no, I did say it's, it's, it's a rhetorical, a rhetorical question. Okay. I know Memo wants all the records. Yes. Oh, every single yes. record. That ah, but do they run the national team for Memo? Do they run the national team for Memo? No, but that record. Hey, no, he's not saying it's right. Yeah. He's not saying it's correct. But that record that he's alluding to, that Mauricio is alluding to, would be that if he plays the lead up to this final, he will break Andres Guardado's Gold Cup record of games played. Oh, what a record to have. What a record to have. What's more important, one of Memo's 13 records or the future right. Mexican soccer Seth, getting a Seth, young Seth, right. you, are, you, are, you are right. Don't that's, shoot the messenger. No, but that's, that's <laughs> why I'm saying, I mean, it would, this was the perfect opportunity to see Luis Angel Malagón, even if you wanted to give Tony Rodriguez a shot, I'm fine with it. But to me, it tells a lot of the big influence. And we've said it before. It feels like this is more than Jimmy's team right now with the fact that he's the interim manager. It feels like this is Memo's well, national on, team. That. I think that's a little unfair because Jimmy Lozano also has a say in this, right? He, he's not a dummy. Jimmy Lozano, he? he's a very competent individual. If he wants Memo Cho to play, who Memo do you Cho's think has more play? influence on this team, Jimmy or Memo Cho? Well, that's not the question. Who has more influence on the I starting think, lineup? It's it's Jimmy Lozano. Oh, I think that's Memo a has, big difference. I think Memo there's has a big, big difference there. Memo Cho is well. not going to pick the starting lineup. No. And if Jimmy Lozano believes that he still has a chance at the real job and he wants to impress, then you can understand why why he'd go with Memo and not not give some younger exactly, guys Seb. a shot. Exactly. All right. So let's get to three questions here because there's actually quite a few more than just three questions after what we just saw from the Mexican national team. But we'll start with this one in defense. Is right back where we saw Julian Araujo start tonight. Mexico's weakest link. Not weak link, because there are plenty of weak links. Is it the weakest link? Now, let's start with you. Before the game started, I would have said yes. But now that I think about it, center back position, it's also a huge question mark. Edson Alvarez now has to be a center back when ideally, he would play holding midfielder. Yeah. Um, is Israel play? Is Israel Reyes started tonight? He did. He wasn't good. No, it wasn't. Johan Vasquez started the two prior games. Were they good? He was. He no. wasn't any good. No. And I mean, this team cannot wait for no. Cesar Montes to Pico come Guzman back. Victor is very young. He's very green. Yeah, you cannot yeah. put your, your your trust on a young guy like Victor Guzman. He's a future, absolutely. So I mean. Oh my God! I don't know. I want to say no. I I feel like center back is a bigger question Absolutely. mark. Absolutely. That that right mm. that right back or even left back for that matter. Yeah, I see what you will about where Julian is at this very moment. You could say Barcelona B. Uh, all signs point to a loan elsewhere. He's still going to be in Europe, and Jorge Sanchez is still right now an Ajax player. He's still in Europe. Kevin Alvarez is one of the best right backs in Liga MX. He's not here. It's, he's not here. He's not here. But he's part of that pool. It, Barbosa plays in Atlas. You could also throw in there a few other players uh, who are in Liga Mekis. You could say maybe you could, you know, raise the hand. Yeah. But it's, it's a, a deeper position. Yeah, it's a deeper position. It's a center back position. I'm with Mauricio. He, he alluded to Edson Alvarez. I would have thought Jaime Lozano was about to have his first real problem with the Mexican national team controversy. And it was two center backs, Edson Alvarez. Yeah. Are you going to take Luis Romo out, who's pretty much his guy? 
that he's had since he was 19 years old? Are you going to take mm -hmm. him out of the center midfield? That's going to be the first problem with the Mexican national team is what you do there. He doesn't have to worry about that because Mal just said it's going to be Edson Alvarez at center back for a while. It's going to be Cesar Montes, Edson Alvarez. But if one of those two guys go down, Mexico's yeah. in trouble. And, 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 and I don't know if I love that pairing. It's true. We've never seen him. I don't know if I love that pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Right back's weak, but to your guys' point, it really is across that whole back line. Cesar Montes got, what, a four-game ban. Uh, Gerardo Arteaga back after his three-game ban. I was expecting big things from him, right? I've been... Sorry, three and two. Three games and two games. Uh, I, was, I was very ready for Jesus Gallardo to see the bench. I was very ready for Gerardo Arteaga. And yet, even at left-back, guys, when I look at Arteaga's performance today... Against Qatar, again, we talk about against this level of competition, you should truly be shining. I'm sorry, you know, Arteaga's one of the few guys in Europe that you can get excited about, and he didn't even shine. So uh, I look at that left-back spot, and I think there's equal questions at left-back as there are right-back, don't you think? Well, well, Marcelo, oh, uh, excuse me, not Marcelo, Jesus Gallardo has been one of the better L3 players since the World Cup. Yeah. So it's tough to, tough to agree with you yeah. on that one. Well, uh, I would say... You, you was, think you I think this guy is going to be around in 2026? Who said? Who's, oh, I think yeah, I think yeah. yeah why wouldn't he be? I mean, listen, Seth, he's not he's not 39. You tell me that's not going to be a weak link for Mexico at the World well, Cup? Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, and you know I hate I hate agreeing with Herc, but I 100% agree with him right now on this topic, and here's why: until Gerardo Arteaga proves. That he can he that he can be better, perform better than his. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Remember, the one match, the one game in which we went... We got in which you. we went, oh, my God, Gerardo Arteaga is the guy. Right, right. We haven't had that yeah. match so far. Have we had that yeah. at right back you know, from Jorge so he's Sanchez or Julian Araujo? No. Well, no, but, well hold but, but on. You, you've had that. Did you right have it from Gallardo? Yeah. When you, hold on. Can I finish? You had that. Yeah. You asked me a question. You had that from Jorge Sanchez in the Azteca against Christian Pulisic. He put in a hell of a shift. That's probably the best I've ever seen from And Gallardo Jorge was maybe Sanchez Mexico's best player in, in Qatar. The Cup. Yes, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. All right. Very confident in Mexico's left back, these two. Okay. Uh, last next question here. No, second question <laughs> here on, on three questions. Oh, this one's easy. Did Santiago Jimenez do enough to win the starting spot? Finally found his way into the starting lineup today, boys. How do we think he did? 
I mean, what are we going to do with that nine position? You know, like you think about it, because you could defend Henry today and I could defend Santi tomorrow. And I just feel like we're talking about the same thing because neither has taken the bull by the horns. Neither has made that position theirs. The only advantage in this moment that either of the two has is that Santi is in Europe, that Santi is younger, that Santi is scoring goals at a higher level. But when it comes to the national team, either you say, I ride with Santi no matter what, and I develop this kid for 2026, or you say it's an open competition and whoever's better will play. I think you ride with Santi and you say, I need to get this kid ready for 2026 because Henry's gonna be 33, turning 34 around 2026. And every year, let's just say every month after 30, your body breaks down. You're, you're, you're going towards the latter end of your career, potentially thinking about what he can give you for those late stages instead of building on the next decade of your Mexican national team career. To me, it's very simple. If you, have, if you feel like you have two number nines, you truly have none. Especially when you play today, this style. Today, today, today right, right now, right? Yeah. For, this, for this current Mexican national team, right. we feel like, or we, not, not speaking as a fan, but we follow the Mexican national team now, at least for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have this conversation every single day. And every single press conference, Jimmy Lozano gets asked the same question. And I kind of liked his answer the, the, the other day when he said, listen, I honestly would love to play them both, but I didn't, I didn't name this roster, so we only have the two of them, and I cannot start the two number nines because you, you never know how the game's going to go down. Right. But I feel that at this point, it's honestly... I mean, it's it's a flip of a coin between Santi and Henry. You said the things that you feel are an advantage for Santi. Yeah, I don't think but, it's a flip of a coin, but I agree. I, with... Well, I think it, it kind of is because at club level, it feels like Santi has the edge. No, it, I mean, But with the national team, it edge. looks like Henry fits Jimmy's mm. style better. Coca thought so. Tata Martino thought so. And now Jimmy Lozano sends the same which message. Is, which is exactly why you should move away from that. You want to change this pattern. Hmm. It's, a, it's a flip of a coin if you're talking about recent national team form. But I'm with Herc here. He's yeah, done yeah, enough yeah. just on club form and just with his age, right? If we just look at that and we say, has Santiago Jimenez done enough to win the starting spot in this team on his resume? Yes, he needs to be the guy moving forward. But I think we can also look at today's game specifically and acknowledge that Santiago Jimenez was a big disappointment today. A guy who has that many chances against a team like Qatar. That's the reason Mexico lost tonight. It wasn't because they played poorly and didn't create like in the past. They created, he had chances, and he didn't finish. And I have to point out the play in the second half. He should have been sent off in this game. I don't know how he gets away with a yellow card. But for all the good things that Santiago Jimenez does... You cannot, you cannot make mistakes <laughs> like on. that in international football. You can't, Herc. You can do that in club because the next week is forgiven. But you can't do that in the international game. You can't connect, do that Seb. in tournaments. He, he did connect. connect. He did he connect. connect. He, Look at the video. No, 100% he yeah, connected. I mean, and the referee is a coward for not sending him off. That's a red card any day of the no, week. I, I 100%. Agree with Seth. He didn't connect. Kirk, Kirk and it's a stupid thing connect. to do for Santiago well, let's remember. Let's remember the rule. Doesn't the matter if the rule says he's brushing the intent, off the opponent. Exactly. If you have the well, intention, well, uh, you have to be his intention was to hit him. His intention is to get the come defender on, off no, of him. No, I mean, come so, on, Kirk. We were in board. Why yesterday. was it a yellow? I mean, there's obviously. Because, oh, uh, because because if he had because been he didn't red, want to send off the a Mexican player. Solo, 
the ref, the ref would have struggled to leave this stadium. No, he was, and and I understand if he's frustrated, but there's another way to show and express your frustration. It's not by slapping the opponent. It is by actually scoring goals whenever you have the opportunity. I agree with Surf. It was a huge disappointment, his, his performance tonight. Hey, Herc, why don't you think it's working? Do you agree with Mal that it's like it's something to do with Jimmy Lozano's system that's getting more out of Henry than Santi? Because for what we see at club level, he should be producing more I don't think they've more gotten here. more out of Henry. I don't, I don't think they've gotten more out of Henry. I mean, they both scored last game, and Santi scored in less time. Santi didn't miss a sitter last well, it, game. It feels like Henry he is more useful the, he didn't at miss the, creating He did chances. not miss the, the, the miss of the tournament. That wasn't on him. That was on Henry Martin. Well, tonight's, uh, tonight's miss, it's, it's right You can't there. compare it, the it two. It ranks. It ranks. No. It ranks. It was not even close. Uh, Henry uh, had a worse it. miss. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about build-up, right? I think Henry I has even think it's build up. to be more I, useful. I think it's I think it's the way he presses. If you saw the way that Mexico presses. Yeah, that's another I think, element. I think a better team is going to take advantage of Mexico's press. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. The way they press, he likes what Henry can give him hmm. in that work rate, that load. I don't think Santi is that player. And also, you alluded to his play with back to goal, his nine play, his old up play. Henry's just a better player. He's better at CONCACAF yeah. level yeah. back play where you're supposed to crash, fight, and claw. All right, last of the three questions here on Football Americas. Let's try not to be prisoners of the moment on this one. Are Mexico Gold Cup favorites as we head to the knockout rounds? <laughs> you want to go? You want to take that first? Well, go ahead. Bao. You, you yeah, pick I'll Mexico. say yes. You pick Mexico to win I'll the tournament. Yes. So. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. And the reason why I'll say yes is because whenever Jimmy Lozano goes back to his ideal starting 11, um, that we're going to see a different team. Now, the number nine position, as we already established, it is a huge question mark because uh, now, now it's going to get a little tougher, right? Quarterfinals, semifinals, final. You, you cannot concede and you cannot be that fragile like Mexico is in the back line. And those chances that you create, you have to convert. But I still believe Mexico has the best starting 11 uh, from the teams that are going to advance to the next round. So in my head, once Jimmy goes back to that, and again, that's why I started saying that this, this was probably not the worst news because the hype is going to come down and the team knows that they have to perform better. Jimmy knows that he has to coach better. I still feel like Mexico, it is the favorite for the rest of the tournament. Uh, no, I think they're... Two teams that beat Mexico today. If they played today, now Mal's right. The 11 will be different. That's true, but the pressure will be worse. This is the worst possible thing that could have happened to Jimmy, to this team, to the Mexican national team, because now they have a pressure that they've not felt since Diego Coca. They finally built up this goodwill, Seb. They finally had the people backing them in their corner, and it all goes to waste on an alternate lineup, if you will, but now they have that pressure again. So with that pressure that these Mexican players have not been able to respond well when they faced and against better opponents, I think today you can say... The U.S. men's national team beats Mexico, this Mexican team, the B team of the U.S. men's national team, and you could say this Jamaican team beats Mexico. A team, Jamaican A team. Jamaican well, A team, that's fine. And, and, and you know what? I don't know what the cross is going to look like, mm. but maybe even a Panama, if they get to the final, whatever the case may be, there are some real danger for Mexico in this tournament, and because of that doubt, I don't see them as favorites. I, 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 won't, I don't want to be that catastrophic, but I will say this. The one thing that I don't like about this loss 
is that they're going to have a full week to mm. think about oh, this to game. in that one, yeah. One full yeah. week after beating Haiti, right? Quick turnaround. A couple of days and you're playing again. Now you have a full week to think about what happened here at the 49ers stadium. Mal, Jamaica or the United States? Who do you fear more from a Mexican perspective? Oh, Jamaica. Jamaica, no doubt, no doubt. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think Mexico, I, I think there's still a chance that Mexico would underestimate Jamaica. I don't think they would underestimate even uh, they've lost to Jamaica too in B, Gold Cup. B team. They've they've been there versus Jamaica at the Gold Cup, and and they've lost. You know, it's yeah, a, different group of players, different no, no, manager. Correct, correct. But right, you know how this goes, right? No, I, the I, press I doesn't forget. It. The press doesn't forget. No, but I think we're now so focused on the U.S. Men's National Team because the recent results, right? And if they have the chance to play them again, it's gonna feel like payback time. Hmm. But whenever they f they have to face Jamaica. If it's in the semifinals, I fear, which I fear, is, which is what it's it is, most it look is, like. Exactly. Yes. I mean, if everything goes according to plan, your, your that's what's going that. to happen. Your boy called I that. fear that the team would underestimate Jamaica. Now, now the worst thing here, Seb, is they might actually get another scare in the set in the next round. I mean, we got to see how everything falls in place. But it's Guatemala, it's Canada, it's Martinique. That could be a realistic scare somewhere in there as well. Listen, no easy game left. No, 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 no not, not at all. So what I'm trying to say is. They will be disgusted. There will be a wear and tear on this team before they get there. So there we have it. The knockout stage is set in the Gold Cup. Quarterfinals on in. There you see Jamaica, Mexico, U.S., and Qatar have all clinched their spots in the last eight. All right, time for the good, the bad, and the ugly, guys. Let's talk a little MLS, some Liga MX as well. We'll start in MLS with Sporting Kansas City, who put up not one, not two, but three against Vancouver uh, in a big win that's moved them to within one point of the Western Conference playoff line. Alan Pulido scored yet again following up on his incredible June. He's MLS Player of the Month. I believe that's seven goals in his last six games for Alan Pulido, which has drawn quite a bit of attention, not just in MLS with the awards, but also in Liga MX. Chivas and Cruz Azul apparently interested in the sporting Kansas City striker. So, Herc, what should Peter Vermees do? Should he sell Alan Pulido now while there's interest or keep him through the end of his contract, which comes to a close at the end of the 2023 campaign? Oh, you sell now. Alan Pulido's 32 years of age. He's been injured from that knee. He had a knee injury, a total of 437 days. 42 games because of that knee injury. And he's finally showing you some glimpses, some promise, but he's 32 years of age. And if you could sell high as Mexican teams love to buy high, it would be ideal for Kansas City and Peter Vermees. Cruz Azul, deep pockets, Chivas, a necessity that they get a nine, a necessity that they have somebody because it's a Mexican, a Mexican scoring goals. It just seems like a win-win. Alan Polido gets to go back home. El, El Club de Sus Amores, somewhere he was very successful at. And Kansas City gets to recoup some of that multi-million dollar investment they had on Alan Polido, which ended up being, I don't want to say a bust because he had good moments when he was healthy, but not what they envisioned. Can I say something to you? Sure. That makes me very sad. Okay. Your answer makes me extremely sad. It's business. Mm -hmm. The it's fact that you put business in front of competition, you being a former player. Competition? Yeah. What does that mean? 
Well, in fact, I mean, you're, you're, you're prioritizing the business side of this equation. That was the question. If you, if you would have said, well, I believe that was the question. Alan Pulido can have an impact, a better impact on the field. With who? With Sporting Kansas yeah. City, maybe, maybe help him, maybe help him, right? And, and push for playoffs, I would have loved that answer. Even, even if you had said, even for if you had pit, said, they don't listen, and they get relegated. he's going to make Chivas way better, title contenders. Hey, he's going to work excellent with Tuca Ferretti. I would have been okay with that. But the fact that you put business first, Makes me what was absolutely the question, sad, extremely was, was sad. It, was it? You answered the question. Which team would be well, better with Alan Pulido? The question. I'm Mark, just, what do you I'm just tell saying the that it makes me Kansas sad that you think that way. What do you tell the Sporting Kansas City fans? Because they need him, oh. right? They're, they're below the playoff Screw line you. right now. Buy, buy tickets, buy well, jerseys. Let's ask the Sporting Kansas City fan if they'd sell them. Because I think the majority would say, yes, let's try to recoup something Sad. Extremely Ooh. sad. I mean, you, uh, and, and there has to be a better I argument. Say, I would there say, has to be a better argument I, than let's I, be nice. I will answer the question. I mean, I if you guys don't want to be serious, no, let me know. Win. Let's let's win. Win. That's the argument. Yeah, of course. Let's win. Exactly. You think exactly. Alan Polito is going to help you win? He's what? helping them right now. I mean, what are you talking? He's a player He's of the month in the league. They went, they went from last in the conference okay, what happens to when he gets injured the next time? If he keeps scoring, they have a shot at doing something. What happens injured next time? Wow. Come on. What happens when he gets injured next time? You got six months left. That's it. They paid $10 million for him. How much do you think they're going to recoup I just for six gave months? You, I, they, they paid how much? $10 million. Oh, come on, man. Seb, you paid $10 million for a striker that missed 400 and what was it? 37 days, 42 games, and now you want to give him a second chance? Seb, 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 Seb. I'm not saying give him let a me, second let me contract. Give you a quick I'm answer. saying hold him let on me, for the rest of the season. That's exactly what you're saying, Seb. No, Seb, keep them let me give you a quick I will give you the most honest answer, the human no, answer. No, 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 hold what on, hold on. What should Sporting KC do? Ask him what, what he wants no, to do. No, no, Seb, Does Seb, he want to stay? Be smart. Oh, no, come no, on, Kurt. Hold on, be smart. Come Seb, on. if they don't sell him, he can leave on a free and you get <sighs> nothing. What do you do? You, yeah, you might get an MLS Cup. You might get something uh, uh, out of this season, Herc. Isn't that worth something to the Sporting Kansas City fans? Is Alain Pulido the man to give you an MLS Cup, yes or no? He's going to give them a much better chance of being relevant. Yes. Is Alain Pulido the man to give you an MLS Cup? See or no? He makes them more competitive. He, they're not going to make the MLS Cup playoffs without him. So, yes. I got Mexican fans right next there to me. There is 0% no. chance. 0% chance they win MLS do Cup you, if they let him do go. Do you want Alan Pulido in your team? I'm having Cruz Azul fans say they don't want Alan Pulido. <laughs> Sporting, Kansas, Sporting, Sporting Kansas, Kansas City, all they've been saying is that been hurt. Oh, that's the excuse. We don't have Alan Pulido. We don't have Alan Pulido. Now he's there and scoring goals. You're going to let him get go rid of him. for free. Right. Great. Instead of cashing Sorry, in Sporting high Kansas City fans. Teams that want your, own, right your own former player. Your own, your own former player Wait, sold you down Kansas the river. City? Look at this guy, man. Look at this guy. All right, time for the bad. Oh, production did this to me. Club America at home against Juarez. And, uh... Kevin Alvarez getting involved early on. Nice to see that. Beautiful jerseys, by the way. Draws the foul here. Why are we showing you a foul early on in the game? Because it would lead to a absolute golazo from Leo Suarez, Hurt. Banger. Too bad to see America lose their first preseason match. All right, so uh, America, they're uh, losing 2-1 to against FC Juarez. Mal, I know that one cut you deep. Uh, 
not really. Not really. <laughs> First game of the season. What are they doing? It's going to be three games, and then we, you'll go play League Cup, Four new games. manager. Why are they charges for a couple of weeks. It's fine. This is a preseason. Same thing happened a year ago, and the team ended up playing the semifinals. Uh, yeah, it's not pretty, but I mean, I'm not going to go to my room and cry because they, the team lost the first game of the season. That would be Seb. No. Yeah, I was I was right. very, very bitter. Aitor Garcia there with the goal to make it 1-1. Uh, and then late on stoppage time, Angel Zapata with a banger past uh, Oscar Jimenez. As America under Andre Jardinet in his first game in charge, lose 2-1 to one to Bravo. So I told you. Had the best offseason. I'm going to hang on to that one because it makes me feel better about the defeat. The ugly, Cruz Azul, who fall in their visit to Atlas. Of course, uh, no Julian Quinones for Atlas in that one. Cruz Azul falling behind five minutes in on a goal from Mudo Aguirre. Why is that important? Well, because Cruz Azul said, hey, we're going to pass on Mudo Aguirre. And now he's scoring goals on them. There it is. Good finish to the far post as Atlas took a 1-0 lead early on. They would continue to pressure here in the 29th minute. And then in the uh, 72nd minute, the uh, goal for Atlas there, Aldo Rocha. Afterwards, Tuca Ferretti not very happy. A ver, esto ya se acabó. Esto ya se acabó. No, no, es, no entiendo por qué tema tiene usted. No entiendo. Hay 25 mil personas ahí adentro, en la tribuna. ¿Y por qué no pueden bajar aquí a entrevistarme? Ah, pues entonces que bajen. Tuca Ferretti, frustrated uh, after the defeat, refusing to do his post-game duties via Zoom. Herc, what do you make of it? Well, it's the whole Cruz Azul organization having egg on their face, right? You, you mentioned they passed on Mudo Aguirre. They actually brought him in. Everything was pretty much sealed and done for. And then they did a medical, and they said, Cruz Azul said, this player's injured. We can't sign him. He looked Pretty good to me. I don't Even know about Doria. you. Actually, two players. Yeah, two players. And, and well, as far as, and if I could really quickly, as far as Tuca Ferretti, brilliant. Brilliant. And here we are talking about Tuca Ferretti. Thank you. Thank <laughs> the you. The Zoom interview that, 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 that was going to happen and not about Cruz Azul's abysmal play and lack mm. of refuerzos. I mean, and, and, and uh, the game and, that uh, he started, four, he did four Four players made the professional debut yeah. under Tuca. He didn't do that in like 10 years at Tigres. No, no, no. He was a genius. That, that, that was, a, I mean, Jose Mourinho is going to take Miguel notes Herrera, no? of that. <laughs> Jose Mourinho is taking notes of that. We should have talked about how poor Cruz Azul yeah. defended. Yes, it feels like it's a brand new team, but it cannot be this bad. That was, right, that was right. abysmal at Atlas. It really was. Mm. Who picked uh, Cruz Azul as the biggest disappointment? Remind me again. That's right. Told you. Every once in a while, Herc, we get one right here on Football Americas. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it, it was my surprise. I too. picked America the biggest disappointment. They lost to Juarez. They blew a 2 1 lead. So week one me. doesn't matter. America doesn't get judged in the first week. Come on. That'll do it for this edition of Football Americas from Mao and Herc. I'm Seb. Thanks for watching. We will be back on Thursday. No show Monday like we usually do. We're off Tuesday, Wednesday. We will be back on Thursday night with a couple U.S. Women's National Team interviews, Rose Lavelle and Crystal Dunn. Do not miss it. That's it for us. 
We'll see you on Thursday right back here Get some sleep, on ESPN+. research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.